Okay, high time now for our tune of the week. Come on, let's go. This is the Media Industry Guru Show, the show that exposes you to entertainment, music, film, TV, and tech. We're online 24-7, 24-7. You're listening to the hottest internet station. And welcome back to the Media Industry Guru Podcast. Here today we are going to learn about data analytics. That's right. This is going to be really interesting. We are going to hear somebody who doesn't really have a background in data analytics, but she decided to pursue this because she studied statistics in college and was very interested in the quant side of the music industry. She studied psychology at NYU and also minored in business of entertainment, media, and technology, as well as adolescent mental health studies. She currently works over at Chartmetric and wears many different hats. She works on developing stronger business relationships and partnerships. She also explores working with trade associations and helps out the educational sector, especially reaching out to colleges and increasing awareness about the analytical app. And she helps out with programming initiatives as well as supporting the CCO with larger key accounts. And she's developed an equity initiative called Make Music Equal, as well as Chartmetrics Academic Initiative. So here she's going to explain both of those initiatives she developed, her experience working at Chartmetric as a former intern and now a full-time employee, as well as her background and what it's like to live in Amsterdam and not in the States anymore. So we'll hear about her ventures traveling, her ventures in the analytical world, and any tips and tricks she can share about the music industry. So let's welcome Michelle to the Media Industry Guru Podcast. Hey, Michelle, welcome to the Media Industry Guru Podcast. Really excited to have you on board. It's We've been in touch for so long, and it's great to finally conduct an interview with you and learn more about your background. Thank you, as always, Forbes, for having me, and it's always good to chat with you, so I'm really excited to be here. So what got you passionate about the music industry? Tell us where you grew up and what made you decide to study at NYU? Yeah, maybe a bit of an unconventional path, but I mean, I've always loved music, which I think is the same for many people in the industry. Um, I definitely did not think I could or should make a career out of my um musical instrument skills and that was not what I was going to go for. So I didn't actually think I would ever work in the entertainment industry at all. Um, I grew up in Singapore and Shanghai um, and was kind of bouncing around with family around the globe and so just exposed to a lot I suppose but hadn't really focused. So the reason I chose to go to NYU was that you can kind of explore more. Um, in American universities than, for example, in universities in Asia or in Europe. There's more of a focus there. There's less of a focus in the U.S., um, which is a personal choice, but that worked for me. And so that's why I decided to go there. I studied psychology that I do. I did and still do have a strong interest in, um, particularly on the sociocultural side, which I believe ties in well with music. Um, and then I, it just so happened that NYU has uh, business of entertainment, media, and technology minor. Um, so I was using minors to figure out 
what I could do with my psychology degree because um, I didn't feel like taking the traditional paths, which I did explore, which are research and the clinical side. Um, Mm-hmm. Both require extensive study that I wasn't prepared for at that moment. And so I chose to look into the minors and um, was trying to basically get an internship in music, which is probably familiar for everybody. Um, <laughs> wasn't able to because my my resume did not say music business. So um, I had a chat with a professor who's also kind of a mentor still, and she recommended that I play to my strengths. And so she knew that data was up and coming increasingly in music and that I did have a background in stats. And so that's kind of how I found my way in. And would you say for someone that doesn't have that music business major, doesn't go to a school that specializes in entertainment, would you say that studying something else, whether like the, that the business needs, for example, like data, finance, the accounting, being a lawyer, those types of skill sets, do you think that could still be an advantage rather than going to like a school that has like a music business degree and you take that route? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think um, it's, you do still have to work a bit harder, I suppose, to to get to chat with someone. Um, I think that's the important thing. Um, but I believe it gives you an edge as well because you're not competing with the or you may not be competing with the, I don't know how many hundred people who are all going for the same marketing job, right? There are loads of roles in music and many of them aren't advertised and that's the same across all industries. And so I think that if you do have a particular focus, that is your edge to get in. Um, and that's still something I talk to people about today. So I do talk to people a lot who just reach out on LinkedIn or through other people. Forbes, you know, you've connected me with plenty of people mm-hmm. as well. And also that's how we met through Mike. Um, so I do talk to people about it. and. There are plenty of people who still get into the industry. Like, I think the thing is music is glitz and glamour. Um, and that's what we all like about it. But it is a business. It does have to run on those functions. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, I um, a, a few months ago, I talked to someone um, when I was still in New York who uh, is a financial analyst at something like Capital One or Bank of America, one of those. And, but he wanted to transition into music. And so I told him to lean into that, that, you know, finance is still a big department. And so I think I just saw recently that he started working at TuneCore or something like that. So he managed to to do that transition too. And you have a unique background where you studied psychology and you minored in um, child and adolescent mental health studies while studying uh, entertainment. Do you think having like a well-rounded combination, like studying other um, topics, even not related to the music industry is definitely helpful, especially not in interviews, but just in your overall career, personal life, professional life. Yeah, I, I do think so. That doesn't mean that you have to run out and learn everything possible. Yeah. Um, but I think, <laughs> but I think it's more of just having a mindset that you're always learning, um, and trying to figure out what you already know that you can incorporate. And that's really what I think playing to your strengths is. It's not really just one thing, but of the different areas, looking at how things come together and that's how I like to look at things from like the big picture and that has helped a lot and so um like for example with data because I work at Chartmetric and that's what we deal with the most but the data it's numbers and I think that's freaky for a lot of people especially if you're going into entertainment you don't feel like this is something you need to look at um 
or look at that frequently. But the thing is that the, the numbers don't exist in a silo. They came from somewhere and they are part of like this whole system. And that is a system that combines a passion for music um, and understanding of the culture, the community, how to appeal to them, how to reach them and make that connection between ultimately the artist and the fan. Um, so I think, yeah, everything comes together and you just have to um, take a look, st step back a little. Sometimes we get too to into the weeds as well. Now that you work at Chart Metric, reflecting back, did you have like any internship opportunities that weren't in the music industry that you thought were definitely transferable to the music industry? Yeah, I think my whole path until now has been about transferability because I have to pitch every time why exactly I'm making a pivot into something else. So um, I worked at a social psychology research lab that definitely pushed the research skills, but also we had to go out um, and approach people to see if they want to be part of the study. And so just trying to be friendly, but not weird, <laughs> I think is a big thing. And that's like a networking thing. Um, and then also I worked at an internet and e-commerce um, company in Singapore. And that was just working in a different area and figuring how to apply things, how to reach out to people, um, how to, the best way to communicate mm -hmm. um, as well. And then from there, you know, I slowly made my way over to music. Um, but even I did have um, an internship with Gig Life Pro, um, which is a kind of music community platform based um, in the APAC region, connecting the professionals there. And that was a partnerships role. And again, more outreach, um, understanding how to talk to people, how to approach um, the communication and the transferability, I think is a big thread. And now that you w have worked at Chartmetric for the past year, um, what was it like to go into a full-time role? You graduated college in 2020 during the COVID pandemic where people couldn't graduate formally. So what was that like to transition into a role full-time working in the music industry for the first time ever and in data analytics because you studied psychology? Yeah, I mean, it was, first of all, I do consider myself very fortunate. Um, I was lucky that I was able to roll that over. Uh, I will say that I, I did actually intend initially to intern elsewhere, not because I don't like Chartmetric, but because I think internships are an opportunity to explore and not get stuck in a job that you might hate for a year. So um, I wanted to try doing that before having to commit to anything, but obviously because of COVID that wasn't really possible because everything closed. Um, so I did roll over. And so what I did instead was ask to explore more things at Chartmetric. Um, one of the things I was also fortunate with was that it was a very much of a startup back then and you can ask to do more things. I think I, like many, people graduating felt like you should go to a big company when you graduate. Um, and that's like, have that stamp on your resume. And I still think that that has its own merit. Um, but I did really like the flexibility um, where I could ask to try new things. And that mm -hmm. also enabled me to apply the different areas that I learned. Mm. And what are some of your day-to-day -day responsibilities for those that are kind of curious, inquisitive about learning the data analytics side of the music industry. Tell us about any tools that you use, um, skill sets that you learned from college that were transferable. Again, that transferability. Yeah, um, so lots of hats, uh, which I know you also know, Forbes. We talk about <laughs> this a lot. Um, 
But yeah, so now, so I started a trimetric on the Insights team. Um, and that was very much kind of a catch-all team at the time. Um, it's developing now, but I've swapped over to more of a business development side. In many ways, the things that I do are very similar. I still do a lot of communication, a lot of outreach, strengthening relationships. Um, but I also work a lot on um, our equity initiative and our academic initiative. So the academic side is really more about partnerships and figuring out something that works best for both sides. Um, you know, universities using chart metric, but also making sure that they get the value out of it for their students. And then on the equity side, that's a little more data oriented because we were getting a lot of requests for data on um, music equity or lack of it. But also that's more on the data side because we were finding a way that we can contribute to that conversation and also show how data can be used for other purposes just outside of like traditional things like marketing so there's that and then um also now increasingly work with like um trade associations export offices different markets mm -hmm. both european now that i'm based in amsterdam but also um newer markets as well back in asia um, southeast asia africa uh, south america and that is also super exciting because there I get to combine the cultural side, which I'm really interested in. Mm. So just trying to, I really say no to things, which may be a bad thing because I didn't think too <laughs> because much. Because you're so occupied. <laughs> yeah, but I just find it all like really interesting. And so just try to balance the priorities and mm -hmm. figure out, um, you know, what, what I can do at the moment. So would you definitely say um, that this goes along with your first mention that working at a tech startup, you get to wear many hats. Like you're working in the business development side in, in marketing. You work um, with trade associations in the educational sector. You help expand the client base in South Asia. So would you say that um, you that's one of the biggest advantages, especially with an ever-growing startup in tech at the intersection of basically tech and music. Yeah, I definitely, I mean, that's exactly um, one of the biggest benefits. And you did also ask about skills and things. Um, please tell me if I don't answer part of the question. <laughs> I'm just rambling. Um, but um, also with um, learning new skills and asking for things, I think that's a big thing because when you are, so there are pros and cons to both. Um, but one of the things is that when you are in a much larger organization, everyone has more of their own role. Uh, and that makes sense with the way of the, the structure of the organization. Um, but for someone like me who wasn't really sure what I wanted to do, I wanted to explore more. And I wanted to have that opportunity to explore that I didn't get because of COVID. Um, so that's a big factor. Um, learning on the job as well, I, I feel like you learn all the time. Um, but going into that tech area, I did take a couple Python classes in NYU, just because I noticed that that was being used more in um, programming was being used more in research. And I figured I should pick that up. That also helped in um, chart metric and on the data side, because I learned SQL or SQL on the job, but having Python knowledge or some programming language knowledge prior was helpful for that too. Um, other hard skills are like Excel and Tableau, there's data visualization, but also analysis and like, mm -hmm. don't knock on Excel, everybody's still using it, even though it's kind of like a dinosaur <laughs> compared to other software. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, so there are all sorts of ways, I think, to combine um, 
your your skill sets. So you've acquired skill sets that definitely are transferable in college. You've also acquired skill sets on the job, but also you assist and help out with projects in a team, but also lead projects. You've also led the Equity Initiative, Make Music Equal, as well as Chart Metrics Academic Initiative. Tell us about leading those from just only being fresh, like one or two years out of college. What it's like to lead two big projects for a startup and talking to. C-suite executives and、uh, professionals. Yeah, for sure. I、um, sometimes I even hesitate to say that I lead them because it was really a culmination of working with the team、um, and pushing it forward. You know, everyone had their part to play.、Uh, but in many respects, now I'm like the person, the point person, the contact person for it. And so, and they are both areas I'm really passionate about、um, the academic side because. I graduated. It feels like a long time, but it was not that long ago,、uh, and so I also want to help other people find their own path as well.、Um, and then on the equity side, it it's interesting because there are a lot of conversations about equity, but I want to see if we can do something to push like a, a practical effort forward that has more of a lasting impact. Not that the things that have been done are not,、um, but I just hope that we can work towards something more tangible. Um, as well, and I think many people have the same feeling,、um, at least from the conversations I've had. And so I think the thing about those is just being aware that, or trying to remind myself constantly that I can't contribute,、um, and I very much also from a personal experience side.、Um, so I was a student not that long ago. I understand what they're looking for.、Um, Also, I'm. I mean, I'm Asian and I'm female, so there's that side for the equity as well, and just trying to push forward those changes、um, that I think a lot of people want to see, but being respectful of the fact that there are lots of people in the industry, and it's not about disrupting anyone's existing role. It's about expanding the space because I think there's room for everybody. Would you say that's been very rewarding creating these two initiatives? As we see in a lot of companies, they're implementing more、uh, of the initiatives such as DEI and、um, trying to make forth of new waves of emerging talent because it's hard to break in the industry. So, would you say that it's been very rewarding on working on these two projects and seeing the growth of emerging talent that may have had challenges or barriers before then? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there are obviously business reasons for doing these two things as well, but it's especially rewarding when people come back and say how much of an impact one or the other initiative has had on them. So,、um, and that can come from all respects. It can be from students saying that they learned so much、um, that it helped them get into. The job that they wanted.、Um, also on the equity side, just people feeling more seen and feeling like、um, they can now be part of the conversation and push things forward. But also on the people that have collaborated with on both sides. So it's always really great when people come back and say, "Actually, I want to subscribe," or "Actually, I want to work together with you," or "I heard about you through this person or that person."、Um, and there are also just things that I never thought of before, like. For the Equity Initiative, make music equal.、Um, we we just expanded to Spanish language for that data set, and that was、um, working with um, Santiago, um, who's based in Mexico. And then he, I think,、um, is just found a new role in music,、um, thanks to, in large part, he said, the work that、wow. we did together. 
So that's like a full circle thing. And that's what's really exciting. And you also speak at classrooms. You mentor people via LinkedIn when, when people reach out to you. And so it, you definitely have a very leadership aspect to yourself. Would you say that? I, I could see that as kind of one of your traits, very leadership-like <laughs> um, and very giving. Yeah, I, I hope so. I try to. I think it's something that I don't think about consciously, um, but because I view leadership more as trying to uplift other people, mm -hmm. um, and that is a form of leading in a way. Um, but, you know, with recent events and things, there are all sorts of definitions of leadership. Um, and so I think as long as uh, I can help other people as much as possible, but I will say also look out for yourself first, you know, don't, don't give too much of yourself away. I think I was guilty of doing that before and have learned how to adjust now, but yeah, I mean, if that is, you know, classified then as leadership, then yeah, sure. Why not? Definitely. It's classified as leadership, <laughs> helping, giving others to the community where there's boundaries and barriers that are, I guess are being broken better now. But I want to highlight one of your uh, most uh, treasured moments that you mentioned in your bio was being invited to speak at a conference in person, barely one year into full time. Like when I've spoken on panels for Sirius, it's been very rewarding even to help out interns, whether they take away one, two, or even none of my um, uh, pieces of advice. Uh, what was something that was significant <laughs> to you that you remember? Um, speaking at that conference that really stood out any like memories that you still hold on to yeah I mean in the first place it was rewarding because um, I've kind of always wanted to travel um, for for my work as well but I never I don't think anyone really knows when and or if that will happen um, so being invited to that was was rewarding in and of itself the idea that someone actually wants to fly you over to somewhere else to hear you talk um, and then on top of that, um, part of the reason as well was because they were really pushing for um, equity at the conference. They wanted to have equal representation as well. Mm -hmm. So there's that too. And then getting there and just meeting everyone. Um, also, there was another, there were two actually unexpected connections. So one of them is that one of my professors at NYU is Norwegian. Um, he was at the conference and he was so oh. excited to see me. Yeah. And he just kind of told everyone that like I was a student, which was great because it sounded like I went there with him, but <laughs> he was like yeah. more proud yeah. of the fact that I got there on my own merit. So that was great. And then also I ran into someone who I met online um, through Gig Life Pro and we didn't even realize it, it was we'd met before. Um, so I think those unexpected things, those are moments doing the panel, um, meeting the people that had finally worked with for so long on a project and then having questions and people come up after, um, whether that's like a congratulations or wanting to explore something further. Um, also because of that panel at that conference, um, I'm going to go back. It was in Norway and I'm going to go back to Norway this year again for a different conference for a different panel but it was a result of that too. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's definitely a uh, very, it, things like happen like just coincidentally, but also like when you see a professor at the conference, it's very like impactful, even if they didn't help you, but they helped you like in a certain area, like academically, or they gave you wisdom. I think those tokens are very valuable 
um, more than a lot of things. Uh, yeah, and I mean, we're in touch now. We've we've done business and work together, but we also uh -huh. talk a lot more, and that's great. And then you know, meeting all those people, and I think the reason it was so significant was, as I said, I really like looking at the big picture and having these full circle moments, and I feel like that conference in particular combined a lot of those things for me. And I want to talk about a couple last things. Also, uh, some of the publications, including on Chartmetric, the article, The Ken and K-Pop in Southeast Asia. Um, tell us about a little bit about that article, what it means to you. Did you write it or uh, did you work on this project? Yeah, I did not write it. I just was quoted in it. Um, that was also interesting because most of the time I've written articles for Chartmetric haven't been quoted in anything. Um, so it's kind of just fun to see your name in there. Um, it is behind a paywall, so I don't know where it is at the moment, but they were really good to work with also because, like I said, I do really try to reconnect back with um, people in the APAC region. That's also where I grew up and I want to see things develop there as well. And so having a conversation with them about um, the big trend, which was K-pop um, and having them reach out about it was really great. Um, and also just being able to have a discussion um, combining again, you know, data, but experience and, and cultural background and all those thoughts. So um, that's, that's why it's hidden, but it's there, and I'm happy that it is. And also, this kind of goes back with your background. I mean, you grew up in Asia, then you went to school in the States, and then you wanted to explore another area that you're currently living. You're not living in the States now. So would you say that having that global perspective has definitely been helpful in the music industry when a lot of people, like even including myself, have just resided in i guess some sort of area for 20 years like in los angeles or new york or and not have explored new cultures ideologies concepts yeah um i hope so otherwise i've been flying around for nothing no i'm kidding but um <laughs> nice travels um, yeah um no but i i do think so because music is a is a global export. It is a global product um, and a global business. But um, the more I've been involved in the industry, the more I've come to realize that I think there's a long way to go. Um, and that's not a bad thing. Um, it's just that I think there's just so much more development to be had in the growth of music, you know, regionally and then outwards as a as internationally as well. And so I do think it helps a lot, especially. Um, being culturally aware um, and I think that is above kind of sensitivity and appropriation and all of that um, because the awareness then helps you determine you know are you being respectful or not yeah. um, and it's you don't have to go to the extreme but just trying to have that understanding will will go a long way and again you know if you want to connect with um local cultures and communities i think it's important to yeah. understand that you know they they have their own thoughts and then what you're trying to do is work together yeah it's always interesting to learn about other cultures even if you can't afford to go to another country and study it at school it gives you like a clear mindset and appreciation of others perspectives i definitely 
when I was studying um, Spanish in college, it gave me appreciation of Latin American history and the culture and um, the core values that my friends believe in. And it opens your mind a lot. And then some of the skills, like when you work with like Latin artists or even K-pop artists, it's definitely transferable. And you could see um, their appreciation from their ideologies and how their lyrics mean um, and make an impact on a global scale, not just in their country. Yeah, exactly. And definitely the open-mindedness that you said, um, you know, it, it's always comforting for people to also have a sense of familiarity with you in mm -hmm. some way, as if you are just more open to different ways of thinking, different experience, different perspective. Um, and there's always something new, like we don't know everything. Um, and that's also one of the things that I really love. So that's why I have been moving around <laughs> all, um, so much. And to wrap things up, I want to hear more about your goals with upcoming endeavors that you have. They could be personal goals, professional goals, anything that you're taking on that's new or. Yeah, um, I well, I just got here, so I need to slow down <laughs> in that respect and make sure that I fully absorb that. But also, you know, just reminding myself that um, I am here for a reason i've gotten to where i am as well um and that these are things that i'm capable of doing um every now and then i'm like oh my god i'm 23 <laughs> um what am i doing but um there are a lot of people supporting me as well which i'm really grateful for and so i also you know i want to do them proud and um yeah just kind of always keeping an eye out um, for what could develop next. I think I don't have anything in the works right now, except all the other thousand things that I'm doing at Charmatric. Um, but eventually I'll, I'll want to figure more out about like what I want um, specifically and probably pursue that direction. And I have to ask this question because you give advice to uh, students, um, people on LinkedIn, what's the one tip that you either share with everybody or your biggest piece of advice for? It could be the entertainment industry in general, or it could be personal advice, anything. One thing that's so difficult, usually I talk to them for like 45 minutes. Yeah. Um, I would say, okay, if I had to pick one thing, it would be ask. Just ask people, um, just reach out, just try. You never know how someone's going to respond, um, but if you tell yourself that they're not gonna respond in the first place, that's already restricting. So just give it a shot. Uh, and most of the time people do tend to reply. And if they don't also just move on um, because it's, it's, they've not, it, it's nothing personal. They haven't even met you yet. <laughs> so it's just worth trying and then seeing what happens. Yeah, I agree. Uh, if they say no, you move on. And a no doesn't always mean a no permanently. That person could be busy and it's always good yeah. You can reach out in a few months and see how they're doing. And a no could turn into a positive. And most of the time it does. Yeah, exactly. So I, but in the ask. first place, there's no harm. And so just ask. Yeah. Great. Anything else exciting? Any announcements coming up for Chartmetric? Anything going on with you and Amsterdam? If anyone listening uses Chartmetric, you know that it's always updating and evolving. So I'll let the platform speak for itself. <laughs> but no, I mean, I'm here just to um, explore the European market more, um, reconnect with the markets that it's a bit more difficult to uh, considering time zones, as we know right now. <laughs> Eight hours um, difference. <laughs> yeah, so that as well. And um, just also looking to take things a little slower in the respect that 
you know, New York is very fast paced and that's one of the things I love about it, but also being able to take a break here while also still progressing, obviously, um, is one of the things that I'm, I'm really looking forward to. Awesome. Well, thank you, Michelle, for being on the Media Industry Guru podcast. Uh, wishing you great success in Amsterdam and your time there. Safe travels and have a great time. And we look forward to seeing you back in the States and seeing great success in the analytical world over at Chartmetric and beyond. Thank you so much, Forbes. It's always really good to talk to you. Um, and I'm yeah, just very grateful that you invited me to be part of your wonderful podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Media Industry Guru podcast. Stay tuned for coolest upcoming episodes they're gonna be wildfire y'all they are incredible and stay tuned for upcoming music industry professionals film professionals artists tech anything that you want to hear feel free to email at media industry guru podcast at gmail.com or if you would like to be on the podcast and give a little promo or shout out or just talk with me because you know what i'm doing on tuesdays listening to my own podcast but also interviewing other guests because I love doing this. This is my passion project, but also my side hustle. So feel free to email me at mediaindustryguru.podcast at gmail.com. We'll set up a time. Listen to episodes on Tuesdays, 6 p.m. Pacific, 8 Central, 9 Eastern, on Anchor, Spotify, Stitcher, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and now iHeart and Deezer. So thank you for tuning in to the Media Industry Guru Podcast and peace out and we will rock and roll.